Awesome. Good morning. Welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. Thank you, Micah. That was beautiful. Yeah, it's always on the verge of clapping. Me too. Um, today is February 27th, 2022. And I'm not preaching today. Amy's going to be preaching today. I'm fired up. That means I didn't do as much homework as I have to do usually every week. So it's kind of like a kid on vacation. 
Um, it's actually Transfiguration Sunday, according to the Reformed uh, lectionary, and that's why she's going to be preaching on the, the Transfiguration text. I just looked that up. Isn't that kind of cool? We have computers in our pockets. That's kind of a plus, right? But uh, actually, there is no Transfiguration Sunday in the Catholic tradition. There's a Transfiguration Feast, which is a Saturday. Hmm. Little, 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 yeah, little, little, little freebies right at the beginning of the service. I got a couple announcements. One of them, Lent starts this week. Ash Wednesday, we're going to be doing something a little different. We have a 1230 service. It'll be a brief service, like a full traditional. Uh, Cornell will be playing the organ, pensive. Um, man, the word escapes me. Imposition, that's the word. Everybody uh, sounds like, uh, no, imposition of ashes. And so then after the 1230, it'll end at 1. We'll just have worship playing, and any time between 1 and 6, feel free to spend some time in the sanctuary reflecting, and I will be uh, just kind of lingering around, and I'll... Do the imposition of ashes any time between one and six, and then we'll have a a brief kind of even more scaled down service at six, and then uh, Friday we start Lenten Friday nights, and that's in conjunction with Casa della Fuera, and we'll break bread together. We'll um, eat. We'll break bread, worship. And then we'll also um, we'll be studying the same text and be disciple, like disciples at the same tables studying Galatians in Spanish and in English, which I, I don't know. I haven't seen many churches try this, and I'm excited about it. I want to see what God does. And um, yeah, even if you're not available, please be in prayer for this edge of, the, of our congregation, you know. Um, what else is happening? I got things written down, just in case. Yep, I think that's what I've covered. Deep breath. I'm really glad you're here. Are you glad you're here? Me too, me too. Uh, let's, uh, Let's join together in worship, and let's start by that. Standing, and I'll read us a call to worship from Psalm 99. The first three verses, and this is from the Passion Translation. Yahweh is king over all. Everyone trembles in awe before him. He rules enthroned between the wings of the cherubim. So let the earth shake and quake in wonder before Yahweh. For Yahweh is great and glorious in the midst of his Zion people. God is exalted above all. Let everyone, let everyone praise this breathtaking God, for he is holy. Let's worship the Lord.
please be seated. And may I have Bob and Peggy Pattison and Carlina Macy join me up here on the chancel. And Bob and Patty, or Peggy, sorry, Bob and Peggy are from Operation Christmas Child. Well, good morning, everyone. Um, morning. Um, how many of you out there may have um, packed a shoebox for Operation Christmas Child? Wow. Good job, Carlina. <laughs> um, we're privileged to be the area coordinators for South Orange County, which we oversee uh, 35 year-round volunteers that uh, work year-round to try and generate more shoeboxes, which, of course, is because of you. You're the ones that do pack the shoeboxes. In 2016, we were blessed to have Carlena come on board as a drop-off leader, and your church was generous to allow to be a drop-off location. She had been a project leader for many years before that. She was, of course, uh, helping generate more shoeboxes right here at the church. But in 2016, you became a drop-off location, which means anybody from anywhere who has a shoebox that needs a uh, to drop off their shoebox during National Collection Week, which is the third week of November, they could come here. And uh, a number I want you to remember is 11,379. Mm-hmm. 11,379 shoeboxes have been dropped off at this church because of your participation. And uh, every one of those shoeboxes, as we call it in Operation Christmas Child, is a gospel opportunity. A child has received that shoebox. Now, not only do they get school supplies and toiletries and toys and things like that, but they hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. So those are gospel opportunities, and it changes lives. Uh, We've been privileged that uh, we've met some grown adults who received a shoebox as a child and uh, how it's changed their lives. You'll see a a video of somebody that uh, received a shoebox as a child. But uh, due to the efforts of you, the congregation, your church, Carlena, Carlena not only oversees the drop-off location here, she is also our logistics coordinator. She oversees nine drop-offs, including her own, uh, from as far south as San Clemente to just north of here in Huntington Beach. So she's a busy woman, and uh, again, 11,379 shoeboxes. So this is a, a thank you plaque because five years has passed. And so, five, actually, now six. We're in the six year. That's a five year plaque. And uh, I'll just read this. Operation Christmas Child recognizes Presbyterian Church of the Covenant in appreciation of five years of partnership with Operation Christmas Child as an official drop-off location. Your love for the Lord Jesus Christ is demonstrated through your service and compassion for others. God bless you for making a difference in the lives of children and their families through Operation Christmas Child. Franklin Graham, President, Samaritan's Purse. And the verse at the bottom says, Let the little children come to me. Do not forbid them, for such is the kingdom of God. Luke eighteen sixteen. Oops, let me just adjust that a little bit. 
I just want to thank everyone that's, like Bob said, either packed a shoebox, prayed for the shoeboxes, and I see so many faces out there I, who have volunteered, who have been back in room five as we've seen cars pull up and have put the shoeboxes into cartons and filled out forms, and this is a, a group effort, so this belongs to everybody, and this is a really nice thank you, Bob and Peggy, for being here today. And uh, I'd like to add to that. Before the video, yeah. if you help pack a box, please stand. Or volunteered at the drop-off. Yes. yes. Well, Driven shoe boxes. To ever, the... <laughs> ever in your life. Yeah. There okay. you go. <laughs> and just so I'm not standing up here for the health of it, I'll pray over this. Yeah. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, I I praise you for the Burns family. I praise you for the Macy family. I praise you for the anchors and the rudders that you have at this, your local outpost of your kingdom. I praise you for Bob and Peggy, and I pray that you would continue to use um, Samaritan's Purse and Operation Christmas Child to bring your light into this dark, dark place and help those in severe need as you've been doing We praise you, and all glory goes back to you. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. And as Bob mentioned, we have a a personalized video to show you. This is a shoebox recipient who's now an adult. She's a um, she she made a personalized video just for our church. So I hope you enjoy it. Thank you. Hi everyone at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. My name is Dania Andreas and I am one out of 188 million children that received an Operation Christmas Child shoebox gift since 1993. And I am just so grateful to be able to record this video to you to share with you how God can use an ordinary shoebox gift to do extra ordinary things in the lives of children. But first of all, I am just so grateful for your partnership with Operation Christmas Child. For 20 years, you have been packing shoeboxes, and for the past five years, you have been a drop-off location. You also, your student ministry is very involved with Operation Christmas Child, and you collect items all year round, which is so exciting to hear because this truly shows the passion that you have for Operation Christmas Child. I also heard that in 2020, the year of the pandemic, you packed 427 shoeboxes. These are 427 gospel opportunities that allow children like myself to to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, but also to experience his love and his hope. I was born in the Middle East in a country where about 98% of the population were not Christians. As my family were living in that part of the world, we were faced with two major challenges. The first challenge was severe persecution because we were followers of Jesus Christ and we were sharing the gospel. We received many threatening letters as a result of our faith. The second challenge that we had was severe poverty. My dad worked really hard to provide for my family, but it was still very difficult to provide our basic necessities, such as uh, school supplies and hygiene items. And there were so many days when we had nothing to eat. And some days, our food used to be raw onion and bread. And as a result of our situation, I did not enjoy the experience of receiving a gift. But I am so thankful for my parents who always encouraged me to fix my eyes on Jesus and bring every need I have to him in prayer. 
So as a little girl, I asked God to send me my very own toys because my family could not afford that for me. But also, my family at that time needed a radio to listen to the news and a Christian radio station. But because we could not afford it, and because we were a family that brought every need we have to God in prayer, the radio was one of those needs. As days went by, one very special day, I received my very own gift through Operation Christmas Child. I was overjoyed when I found school supplies, hygiene items, many beautiful toys. But the biggest surprise was finding a mini radio inside the shoebox. And we could not believe that out of millions of shoeboxes, God orchestrated for this shoebox to come specifically to my family with what I needed and had prayed for. And that showed me that God is the God of details who will take care of my family. So Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, this is what you get to be a part of. So thank you for your partnership. Thank you, Reverend Jason, for your support for this ministry and for making many more stories just like mine possible. May God bless you all. Well, that's something to worship about. Here's an old one we haven't done in about a decade, but I think you'll remember it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, your love makes me sing, 
Jesus said, nothing is hidden that will not be disclosed, nor is anything secret that will not come to light. Trusting in God's grace, let us confess our sin. Join me. Eternal God, in whom we live and move and have our being, whose face is hidden from us by our sins, and whose mercy we forget in the blindness of our hearts, cleanse us from all offenses, and deliver us from proud thoughts and vain desires, that with reverent and humble hearts we may draw near to you, confessing our faults, confiding in your grace, and finding in you our refuge and strength. Through Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen. The one who calls light out of darkness now shines in our hearts to reveal the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen.
do. So uh, I chose a pin that is uh, in a different spelling but the same word. It's Alleluia. <laughs> This morning, if any of you are news junkies like I am, we woke up to the news that Russia now has Kharkiv and that the assault on Kiev is punishing and intensifying. 
The news reports this week of the escalating war in Ukraine remind us that peace is fragile and our broken world longs for a savior, whether we know it or not. Jesus told us that we would have times of trouble and tribulation. And he said, my peace I give to you. Take courage, for I have overcome the world. Will you please join me in a prayer for the Ukraine? Father, we lift up our prayers for the Ukrainian people. We pray your mercy, protection, and courage over their families, their home, and their country. Lord, we pray for the enemy to be thwarted in the name of Jesus Christ and stopped in their tracks right now. And we pray for your peace to descend on this earth. In Jesus' powerful and holy name, amen. The scripture that we're going to be reading this morning shows us just a glimpse of Jesus' divinity. That glimpse is what the disciples will hold on to as they journey with Jesus to the upper room and then to Gethsemane and then ultimately to the cross. Will you please open your Bibles or look at the screen? We're going to be reading from Luke chapter 9, beginning in verse 28. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took Peter, John, and James and went up to the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. And then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent And in those days told no one any of the things that they had seen. This is the word of the Lord. As Pastor Jason said, this story in scripture is commonly referred to as the transfiguration. In Greek, it's metamorphosi. And we get our English word, metamorphosis from the Greek. It means a change in appearance that comes from within. This transfiguration account, this metamorphosis, is literally 
It's Jesus' glory radiating from the inside out. It's his inner deity that is now being seen on his person. This account of the transfiguration is so important that it's included in three out of the four Gospels, in Luke, as we just read, and also in Matthew and Mark. But before we explore this transfiguration account together, will you please indulge me with praying once more? Lord of all creation, we come before you this morning, this Sunday before the Lenten season, to contemplate what the disciples saw and heard on the mountain with Jesus that day of his transfiguration and how this experience changed the trajectory of their ministry and the spread of the gospel message around the world. Open our ears to hear from you and our eyes to see you today. Continue to mold us and make us into disciples that are worthy of being called Christ followers. Father, transform the human words of my mouth to be truly your words for us today. In the powerful and holy name of Jesus the Christ, amen. The text opens this morning saying, eight days after these sayings. Well, what sayings is Luke referring to? Just earlier in verse 18, Jesus asks his disciples, who do the crowds say I am? Oh, they respond, um, they say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're one of the prophets from old come back to life. And then Jesus asks his disciples, who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Peter responds, you are the Christ of God. His words, Peter is the first one to make that claim that the Jesus that they have been following is the very Christ of God, that the Jesus they have been following is the Messiah, that the Jesus that they have been following is the one that they've been waiting for. Jesus goes on to tell his disciples that the Son of Man must suffer, that he must be given over to the authorities, that he must be killed so that he can be raised again. So as today's text starts, it is one week past those revelations. Jesus takes Peter, John, and James up to the mountain to pray. This experience on the mountain is not for everyone. It's not for the masses that were following Jesus. It's not for the 72. It's not even for the remaining 12 disciples. It is just for his most trusted confidants. And Luke's gospel says that Jesus took James and John and Peter up to the mountain to pray, to pray. 
In Luke's account, this transfiguration is in the very context of prayer. And prayer is a crucial characteristic of who Jesus is and how he lived his life. Jesus' prayer life wasn't merely a one-way conversation to God where he lists his concerns. His prayer life was a transformational experience with his Father. When Jesus took time and went away from the hubbub and the crowds, when he went into prayer, he expected a profound experience with his Father. For Jesus, prayer is spiritual sustenance. What is prayer in your life? What is prayer in mine? While the four of them are praying on the mountain, something utterly amazing happens. Jesus' face is altered, and his clothes become dazzling white. And what Peter had declared just one week ago, Jesus, you are the Christ. Jesus is now allowing them to see his glory as it comes from the inside out for them to witness. The transfiguration that is recorded in the three Gospels, this is the only time, the only time where Jesus shows his glory during his earthly ministry. Up to now, the disciples have had these glimpses of Jesus' glory, but they only knew him through his human body. This mountaintop experience gives his inner circle that realization of Jesus' divinity, his deity. And these three disciples will need this as they are preparing, whether they know it or not, to go with Jesus to the upper room and then to Gethsemane and then eventually to the cross. Suddenly, as if out of nowhere, the disciples see Jesus with Moses and Elijah. So I have a question. How did the disciples know that Jesus was was with Moses and Elijah? I mean, come on. It's not like they were wearing name tags, right? It's not like the disciples could recognize them from pictures in their school history books, right? And I've been pondering this. I think we just have to leave it that it is a mystery of God. I could not come up with an answer. Important is the fact that it is Moses and Elijah and not any two other important Old Testament figures. Moses represents the law and Elijah represents the prophets. And Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. Moses and Elijah also appear in their glory, and they speak to Jesus about his imminent departure and what is needed to be accomplished in Jerusalem. Luke's gospel is the only one that records the content of their conversation. And then in typical Peter fashion, 
And remember that Peter represents you and me, lest we judge. He says to Jesus, wait, this is so cool. Let us build three shelters for you, one for you, one for Moses and Elijah. What he's saying is, this is amazing. This is utterly amazing. I don't want to leave. I don't want this to end. But just as Peter is offering to build the shelters, a great cloud descends on them, and the disciples are terrified. From the cloud comes a voice saying, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. Jesus, the fulfillment of the law. Jesus, the fulfillment of the prophets. Jesus, the Messiah. Jesus, the one we've been waiting for. Lord of lords, King of kings. Listen to him. This is the second time and the last time in the New Testament that we will hear from God the Father, hear his voice. When was the first time? At his baptism. Well done. At Jesus' baptism, God spoke directly to Jesus. You are my son. Here on the mountain, God speaking to disciples. This is my son. At Jesus' baptism, he says to him, you are my beloved. Here on the mountaintop, God is saying to the disciples, he is my chosen. At Jesus' baptism, God speaks from heaven. Here on the mountaintop, God envelops Jesus and his disciples in a cloud. And then God offers us a command. Listen to him. Listen to him comes in anticipation of the road he knows that the disciples are going to be taking with their Lord. Listen to him is as applicable to us today, no matter what trials and tribulations you may be facing in your life or in our lives collectively with what's going on in the world, God's command is listen to him. None of the three said anything when they left the mountain that day. It wasn't until after Jesus' crucifixion, death, and resurrection that the three gospel writers included the story of the transfiguration in their writings of Jesus. Even though the Gospel of John does not specifically recount the transfiguration event, John does say in chapter 1, We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And Peter, too, would later be recorded as an eyewitness when he says in 2 Peter, We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. The transfiguration event gives us a glimpse of the coming future glory of the Christ of Easter. But let us not forget 
that the way to Easter is through the cross. A few verses in Luke after the ones we just read, in verse 51, Luke records that Jesus set his face toward Jerusalem. On Wednesday, we will come together to commemorate the beginning of the Lenten season. It is my fervent prayer that each one of us will slow down and listen and walk the scriptures with Jesus through his teachings, through the high on Palm Sunday, and that each one of us may walk the Via Dolorosa with our Savior to the cross. In doing so, may each one of us experience the profound love, the profound love that Jesus has for each one of us. So much so, so deep is his love that he went to the cross for you and you and you and you and me. Let this Lenten season challenge us to go deeper in our prayer life, to seek a higher level of prayer than just telling God what's going on in our lives. Let our prayer life seek the utterly amazing relationship with our Savior. It's that relationship that is ultimately going to transfigure each one of us from the inside out. And make no mistake about it, God is depending on each one of us to transform the world around us. That is our hope for our broken world. And listen to him. Listen to God through reading the scriptures. Listen to God through the proclamation of the word. Listen to God through your Bible study, through prayer, through meditation, through the wise counsel of those in your life. Listen to him. For that is our hope. Jesus is our only hope for this broken world. Please pray with me. Lord of all creation, no words can express the depth of our gratitude for your love. As we walk through this Lenten season, be with us. Guide us to deepen our prayer life with you. Transform our lives. Change us from the inside out so that we may have the courage to deny ourselves take up our cross, and follow you. May each one of us declare that you, Jesus, are the Christ of God. Amen and amen.
As we continue in worship, let's return to God just a portion of that which he's blessed us with so richly. For those listening at home on the podcast, please send your tithes and your offerings to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. For those of us here, there will be offering plates as you leave. This morning's tithes and offerings are now received. working on our relationship with our Savior together. Before we do that, I praise God for you, Amy. Round of applause, please. What a teammate. I used to work with somebody who would go like this. Uh-uh, praise him. Wrap it up. Anyway, that's just reminded me of that. That's excellent. But let's go to God and uh, work on our relationship together. 
in community, talking to a triune God who is community. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, we praise you for being the God who provides. Jesus, the Christ, we praise you that you are our rescuer, our Messiah. Holy Spirit, who unites and heals. We return and give thanks for healing and working amongst Tim McCalmuth's life and walking him through surgery. We praise you for Jim Leahy and walking him through that procedure. We praise you for Charlotte Dumont walking her through the Cancer Valley. Um, You are a good God, and we pause right now and acknowledge that. Simultaneously, we ask for your spirit. Holy Spirit, please, please work and unite your creation. We pray over the Ukraine. Pray over Olga, my Ukrainian friend. I pray that you would wrap your loving arms around her and walk her through and keep her safe. And be with the president. I also, I, uh, I pray that you would show up in a new way over in Korea as things escalate over there too. We confess we don't get it down here. We don't see your big plan and we are scared. But we know you are in control. We lift up as a community, brothers and sisters, um, in pain who are hurting from various things. Dan Shupp. Elizabeth Van Dorn, Buzz and Keith Coslin, Nancy Greider. Pray for my brother who works with Los Ranchos Presbytery, Jeff Bridgman. Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father, Great Physician, Jesus the Christ, work and heal. We also pause right now and individually in silence. Lift up brothers and sisters that are going through things we don't really understand. God, you are good. God, you are worthy. We pray that you would unite your creation. We pray that you would unite your church, both worldwide and here at this local outpost, as we join in saying the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Please stand and join me in singing our closing hymn, To God Be the Glory. Brothers and sisters, it's time, not tomorrow, 
Not a week from now, not a year from now. It's time for us to deny ourselves, to pick up our cross, and to follow our Savior. Deepen your prayer life in these coming weeks and listen to him. And he'll tell us what to do because we're all a part of Jesus' plan for our world. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of us today, tomorrow, and in the days to come. Amen.